You've heard of the word meditation, but have you ever heard of the word unmeditation? Well, if you've got stress and you've got distractions and you're just really busy, you're going to want to stay tuned for today's video because we are breaking it down about how to live a simpler, more conscious lifestyle. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, I'm Andrea Donsky, and today I'm here with Lisa Borden and David Newton, the founders or co-founders of the Akira Concept. David and Lisa, welcome to Morpheus. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Now, today's a very special day because I've known Lisa for a long time, and I know this is really hard for you to be on camera because we're usually behind the scenes. Yes. But uh, she is doing, she is coming forth, and she's going to talk about something that she created with David, and uh, it's very exciting. So what is the Akira Concept? So the Akira Concept is a company that we co-created, which is all about uh, wellness intelligence. It's about um, through a series of foundations which lead to a number of ladders and each ladder has its focus, could be breath or communication, sorry, connection, uh, fuel, movement. So through this, we arrive at a state of knowing ourselves well enough that we become well, wellness intelligent. Lisa, do you wanna to add to that? Yeah, so um, the whole point is that we can live life well if we understand um, how to participate in fueling ourselves well, moving our bodies well, with connection, resting well, sleep. And of course, we talk about um, mindfulness, movement, food, everything to discover your wellness intelligence. So that's what we're all about. I love that word, wellness intelligence. How did you, did you come up with that word? Yeah. And yes, we did. We, we threw our workshops, which one of them that you took called Future Proofing, um, everything just grew and we realized that it doesn't even matter if you're eating well, but you're not moving your body well, or if you're moving your body well and eating well, and you're still not sleeping well or taking care of yourself, or you're spending time with people who are not good for you, yeah. that you, you can't be well, you can't live your best. So life. just, just understanding that everything is connected and that you can't just be good at one component of life. You have to live intelligently across the board. So yeah, it's a which, full, full spectrum of life, full, full spectrum life. So it's really experience-based. So we came to that term because that's what we figured out we were actually after in our own lives. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, I did attend one of your workshops, like you said, Lisa, Future Proofing, and I really loved it because for me, it was about really stilling my mind and, and being aware, conscious. That's the key. I, th I would say that's the takeaway word from the workshop is that being conscious in everything that we do, right? So right. when we're walking and, and David, I remember going down those steps and making sure like being conscious of every step that we took, how does that fit into the Akira concept? And for people who are watching now, just so they can kind of maybe get an example of what that means when it comes to their own daily life. So just understanding what mindfulness is. So walking down a flight of stairs and, and paying attention to how your foot, how are you, you lower your body and your footsteps on the, the lower step. It's uh, what mindfulness is. It's just a very strong connection to yourself in the moment and it's constant. So basically um, wellness intelligence is basically living a mindful life. Understanding that everything's connected and it's when David and I started working together as somebody who's in marketing, he kept telling me it's all about connection. It's all about connection. I kept saying, I can't sell that. I don't even understand 
what that means. And I think that's the problem is it's so simple, but we are so busy in our lives and we're so ahead of ourselves and listening to all these um, quick fixes and magic bullets that we, it gets away from us that actually just being grateful and in the moment and present and connected to what we are doing makes everything better. And I'm not just talking on a mindful side, but we realized it's a, you have a better workout that way. You enjoy your meals more that way. You are, you're happier. Like your mood is better, all of those things. So when you're connected to what you're doing, connected to your body, connected to your nervous system, all of that. So it's a, there's a simplicity as, associated with this. And we're so used to being programmed to want shiny, big and beautiful that the simplicity of being mindful actually eludes us. And that's what creates all of the unrest. It's the fact that the being mindful is actually an absence of all of that stuff. If I were to just recap it really quickly, and this is just in a nutshell, so you know, forgive me for simplifying it, or maybe this is what you actually are talking about is making it simple, right? Absolutely. For us to understand is we go through life, we're busy, we're, we're, we, many of us have kids, we're working, or maybe we're at home now, we're stressed, like there's so much stuff going on, we're, we're living our life. But a lot of the times we may not be living it consciously. So for example, we're going ahead and we're doing things on autopilot, you're saying that we need to take a step back and actually be conscious and aware of what we're doing because once we are conscious and aware, we actually can live a healthier lifestyle. Would that be a way to sum it up? Absolutely. And also just to add to that, understanding why you're doing something. You have to know why you're doing something, why you're eating that or why you're doing that workout and not because it's just the thing to do or somebody else told you to understand why you are doing it for yourself. So you have that uh, heightened sense of awareness for yourself, and it just it's it it helps in so many ways, just in terms of our moods, um, just being grateful, appreciative, um, the way we interact with other people. So it's it's quite something. Yeah, I'm a big fan of gratitude, and and I agree with you there. Being grateful, just understanding what our blessings are can make a world of difference. So can you give us some practical advice? So somebody's, our viewers are watching right now and saying, okay, this all sounds really good. How can I apply it to my daily life? You want to talk about bedrock breathing? Um, I I guess at the essence of everything, it's breath. So breath is, is our main way of connecting to the self, just a simple connection to inhale and exhale. And then if you layer upon that physical movement and moving in such a way that you're connected to your environment, moving in nature, uh, forest bathing, or we have a program called off-road speed play. And basically what it is, is it's getting off the road into the forests, climbing over stumps, ducking under uh, limbs, going across rocks and all kinds of things that cause you to have to be in the moment or you're going to fall and hurt yourself. So we... Just the the whole idea of um, the mindfulness connection, being in the moment and doing something that that supports it in a very positive way. So it's like when we started walking, you realize that we're all walking on sidewalks or roads and we're walking in this linear fashion. We're walking on the same surface all the time. So you can actually be disconnected. You can be on the phone and because you you're just expecting the next step is the same as the one before it. And so what we do is we created this program because we were experiencing it thinking when you're off road and you're walking on a trail, you have to actually pay attention more. And we call it speed play because there's a very large component of play involved. Like how can you be in a forest on a fall day and it's such a beautiful day and you, you, you can't be joyful and appreciative and just 
feel playful in, in that environment. So it really is about a positive influence. And variety, which makes a lot of sense. And it's basically living our life consciously, which I which I absolutely love. I want to move on to meditation for a second. And I know that you have the term unmeditation. Can you explain why you're calling it unmeditation as opposed to meditation? Most of these things, all these programs are a result of our experience in our individual lives and businesses and coming together to try and make it land. And in our work, so many people want to meditate and they say, I, I just can't, whether it's because they're too busy or they've tried and they failed. And the whole point is, is you can't really fail. Um, and when I started meditating, David was like, why are you sitting up? You could just, why don't you just lie down? And I was like, oh my God, this is so much more comfortable. And then it became much more accessible to me and I could work on my breath mm -hmm. and it's so positive. So calling it unmeditation just to try and get people's attention that it's a different way of doing it that might work for them. So taking them from a place of I can't to not only I can, but I also want to, like they actually appreciate it and they want to. So meditation is so steeped in specifics. It's like sitting in Lotus, um, focusing on counting the number of breaths or the number of seconds in each breath. And so with, with unmeditation, what we've done is we've just stripped all of that away and we encourage people to set themselves up so that they're comfortable and it lends itself to them being able to go to a place of stillness. So we have um, moving meditations as well, which are, uh, I think it's a really beautiful thing. So if you're type A or if you've got a lot of energy, um, what you should be doing through unmeditation is creating some sort of positive distraction. It's a positive distraction which lends itself to you connecting to the self. So, so it means, really, but it, even yeah. going for a walk in the forest when you are connected is a moving meditation. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to be something specific. It doesn't need to be something that you plug yourself into and listen to somebody else's voice guide you. It can be for yourself. And just understanding too that the whole idea of meditation is connecting to the self. But um, I guess we believe through on meditation that the best way to do this is through some kind of healthy or healthful distraction, like movement or, um, you know, David explained it to me. If you're stressed um, or you're having a moment that instead of um, shutting it down or however you're dealing with it, even hugging somebody is a form of calm, positive, distraction, positive distraction yeah. that um, can change the way that you feel. When it comes to meditation, it becomes, it's one of those words that can be intimidating for a lot of us. So to me, yeah. when you just explained on meditation, I actually was able to take a breath, relax. I'm like, because I'm like, okay, if I have to meditate and I got to put aside a certain amount of time and it becomes that thing that it, it's difficult to do for many of us. Right. Absolutely. So by unmeditating, it's actually doing what works for you and yes. doing it whatever way you can. And there is no wrong way or right way. It's just doing it and being in the moment, right? That's right, being in the moment and connecting to the self. And when we teach it, we don't want people to feel that they need to bring their, their can'ts and they are not able to's with them, that we have a new way of approaching it, that they'll just not only want to do it, but that they can do it. So Andrea, you, you have to understand that the mind is designed to think, its purpose is to, is to create thought. So we have to recognize that as we meditate, there's going to be thought during meditation. And what we need to do is we need to, um, in a very healthy way, control the thought. And that's why we have that, what I call distraction. 
as women go into perimenopause and menopause, you're talking about unmeditation, you're talking about distraction. And I'm going to speak for myself, but a lot of the times, you know, we're more anxious. Our mind is moving at a pace where we're constantly thinking about a million different things. And what you're talking about is really a way for us to help to calm our mind. So for all the women who are in perimenopause and menopause who are watching now, what are some actual tips that you can give us that will help improve our mood and help to relax us, help to reduce that anxiety? Well, I'll speak from personal experience that I can say understanding. He's laughing. I'm not laughing. um, Understanding and um, being able to work with my nervous system has been everything. So David, you said that meditation is just a tool, right? Yes, that's right. It's a teacher, basically. Meditation is a teacher. So it's, it's like with anything, there's not any one quick fix. So understanding my nervous system, which is connected to understanding my breath, So it's about moving well, it's about sleeping better. um, And it's about making my like choices that are really good for me. You know that, Andrea, we've had conversations about that. But meditation is one of the best um, teachers that I've had. And it's great to know that it's not just about lying down and putting on music, that it's going for a walk in the forest and being quiet and being connected to what I'm doing. I think also movement is a huge component because our, our bodies, the purpose of the body is to move. That's it's right. You think about it. We have arms and we have legs simply for the sole purpose of getting from point A to point B. So if we honor that and we move the body, this is a great form of connection to the self. If you're not distracted in an, in an unhealthy way and just something as simple as moving in a beautiful environment, like a forest, that's going to have mood elevating sort of effect. It's um, it helps you connect yourself on a deeper level. And thereby, as Lisa was saying, just understand your nervous system and the way we fluctuate from one, one system to the other. When I say that, I mean sympathetic to parasympathetic and back again. So I said, starting my day with a large, we call it a waterfall. So connecting again, mindfully to the fact of how fortunate I am to have this water and also to drink a large glass of water in the morning and go out for a long walk um, before sitting down at my desk or, you know, dealing with all the, as you said, thousand things that we do as people who work and are parenting at the same time. Um, And without that walk, without that fresh air and movement, even in the rain and the cold, my nervous system's in a totally different place. And it makes it I would say much harder to cope with anything, like even the most menial tasks. So I find that fresh air and movement um, and that incorporates that mindfulness and meditation changes everything about how I cope with everything during the day, including my own mood. And it might not be that way for everybody. It could be just going into a quiet space and sitting on a comfortable pillow and putting some background music and just turning the lights down and lighting a candle. It doesn't necessarily have to be one specific thing. And I think depending on what type of mood you're in, that would determine how you go about influencing it. So I'm feeling a bit anxious, so I might go for a a moving meditation or I feel really calm and kind of laid back. So my my way of meditating would be much more still. It would have more stillness associated with it. So not locking into one specific um, conclusion or one specific thing to help you become more mindful. 
One of the things that I did in the summer when the weather was warmer and nicer, I'd go outside in the morning on my patio and I got these beautiful trees in my backyard and I would just sit, drink my cup of tea and just look at the, look at nature. And you're talking about forest bathing, which is one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. and just look at nature. And you're so right, Lisa, like starting that morning routine off by taking that walk in nature and just unmeditating. <laughs> I mean, I love the word. I'm going to keep saying it because it just takes that pressure off almost. Yes. right? Yeah. You Absolutely. know, when, when David first tried to teach me how to run and I was res- resistant to that, but with COVID and the gym being shut down, it was like, okay, we're going to do this. He had me start by running backwards because I didn't bring any of my bad habits with it. And yes. it gave me the opportunity to learn something in a different way. I thought that was so smart from a, a marketing standpoint, which what I do. And so that's where unmeditation came from. It's just to let people right. be connected in their own way. So essentially you have to interrupt bad habits um, and just create a situation where, whereby everything is so new. You have to be mindful. If you want to be successful, there has to be a period of, uh, being incredibly connected to what you're doing. So by running backwards, um, we, we don't move backwards typically. So you, it, it just, what it does is it, the body is still moving in the same sort of way. You've reversed kind of the sequencing of muscle contractions. Um, and so the, the brain is so unfamiliar with this that it has to pay attention. So it's a very cool way of distracting you from bad habit and allowing you to become connected and thereby become a foundation for good habit and, and good movement. It's like getting rid of those old programs almost, right? Yeah, so that's kind of like, it's absolutely. a good thing for just in general, <laughs> the way absolutely. we live our life. Absolutely. And as you said, Andrea, getting off, we, we were talking about getting off road and not walking in a straight line all the time, the variety. So sitting in your backyard and staring at the trees is great. You're breathing a different, you know, you're breathing your biome that's different in the backyard. And that's going to be different when you're in a park and that's going to be different when you're in a different trail. So just also variety in everything that you do. So variety in your movement, the same way that we say, you know, eat a rainbow at every meal, um, variety and multidimensional way of doing everything is key. That's what, that's what's at the foundation of all of our work. Yes making sure it's not any one thing all the time is the solution, right? Which makes a lot of sense because if you think about it when it comes to food, that we always say as a nutritionist is change up the type of food that you're eating. Because if you always eat the same thing, then your body becomes either perhaps sensitive to it or may not like it anymore, right? So Mm -hmm. as much. So taking the break and just switching it up. So that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, And that encourages brain health too, right? Where you're always experiencing something new. new and fresh. Yeah. Yes. David, I want to talk about you for a minute. I know you're really, you've been in this industry, in the movement industry, and you've been practicing this conscious way of being for a long time. Can you give us a little bit of a background on yourself so people can kind of understand where it's coming from? Um, Okay, a bit of a background. I grew up as a competitive athlete, uh, was a nationally ranked gymnast, um, Ironman triathlete, so lots of different types of training. A uh, very young age became involved in organized fitness, so teaching classes. Um, and then I took on more of an administrative role for some of the larger companies. I was the the director of education for Nautilus when they were around, which was back 15, 20 years ago. So lots and lots of experience at different levels of um, in within the fitness industry, both teaching and being an administrator as well. And you've been teaching for 30 years. Yes, I've actually been teaching for more than 30 years. I started teaching when I was in high school. 
and started teaching gymnasts, gymnastics to young, younger kids. So just um, understanding that all of the people that I've been exposed to over the years and all the understandings that I have from that, I've taken that and it's become a part of my teaching, which is predominantly making our fitness or the way we move as functional as possible so that it actually makes sense to the body and it, it nourishes us instead of breaking us down. So I believe that things like um, hip replacements and knee replacements and sore backs and all of this stuff, it, it, it's not really a necessary part of the aging process. Thank you, David, for sharing that. Lisa, I'm going to move on to you now. And I know that you are newer to this and you met David in the last several years. Can you tell us, I, I want to understand what David, the impact he has had on your life and how it has changed you for the better. So we actually met, um, I was in one David's spin class and um, I'd been spinning for a long time and he made certain, the first class that I went to and he didn't, he wasn't teaching from on the bike. So I wasn't really impressed with that because I was used to drawing energy from the teacher. And then I realized that David had such a totally different way of teaching that was functional. And um, it, I, I changed the way that I moved, which he spoke about earlier, bedrock breathing. So just engaging my core, which I thought I was doing and didn't understand. Um, the way he changed the way that I moved changed that I didn't have back pain anymore, that I was able to control my heart rate, which I had some issues with. All these really, really positive changes. And as somebody who has their, I've had my own uh, marketing business development company since... 1994, um, I just knew that David was teaching and there was so much more he had to say. So actually our connection came from me wanting to help David just take his teachings and make sure that more people could benefit from them. So this was just a, it just happened automatically that we, as we were working together, we were discovering from each other, learning from each other and um, out came COVID and then our new book. That's awesome. I mean, when you meet somebody and you know, it's meant to be, and you're supposed to come together, it's meant to be right. And you, you obviously saw something in David and he and you, which I think is great. And what about when it comes to how it's helped improve your life? So I make better choices for myself every single day and everything that I do. So, you know, David and I've spent so much time together. And the best thing is, is that I've been able to teach him so much and through what I'm teaching to do with food or business as I teach, I learn so much about myself also and David through movement. So it's, it's David always uses this term about laterally shifting your skill. So you mentioned about, we know that we're supposed to eat a variety of foods on our plate. So imagine when you take that and you apply that to your marketing, you apply that to how you run your business, you apply that to how you parent, you apply that to how you sleep, you apply that to your movement every day. So, you know, I was so impressed that with myself that I could spin, I could do all these high impact and whatever it was. And David got me to do yoga and weight training, all these different things. And it's actually broadening your scope and opening yeah. your mind that has changed. There's nothing in my life that I can say specifically has changed. I just, I, I feel better. Um, I sleep better. I eat better. I'm happy overall. I feel more productive and more rested all at the same time. So I, I think it's about balance. And as Lisa was saying about the lateral shift, when you have something in your life that you're really good at, you're really accomplished at, 
It's about taking the skills that got you to where you, you are and shifting them to other parts of your life where you don't have that same sort of accomplishment. So for Lisa, it was about taking her outside of her current routine and creating a little more variety and balance in moving outdoors, in learning how to run, in understanding that she should be lifting weights and building muscular strength. And it wasn't just about cardio and also the idea of um, going into a yoga class and understanding breath and how it can affect movement and that, that sort of stuff. So the lateral shift of expertise from something that you're really good at to something that you're, you're um, not as accomplished at. Yeah. And Andrea, you know, because we've known each other for so long through the industry that I'm steeped in the wellness industry. That's my, like my life, my world. It's how I parent. It's how I live authentically. And um, not that I thought of myself as in a place not to learn, but I've learned so much, um, so much more about everything, understanding myself more too. And I think that's because everything is connected. So once you understand that it doesn't matter what you're speaking about or what you're trying to understand, you can use that lateral shift because everything is connected. So food is connected to movement, which is connected to connecting to the self, which is connected to rest, which is, it's, it's just, it's really, really an amazing sort of realization. Yeah, it's so true. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our viewers today that we didn't touch upon, but you think is crucial when it comes to that, when it comes to understanding what the Akira concept is and how we can help improve our life for the better? Well, there's so much, um, um, you know, we wrote this workbook, it's 370 page workbook. And the whole point of writing it was, um, every day we spent time and it wasn't about the content because so we, we all have access to so much content. It was about delivering it in a way that is so simple and easy to understand that it's, it's a 13 year old can do it and an 80 year old still it's worth doing it because every decision we make matters and everything's connected. And so we, really encourage people to go to our website because we have so much content there. It's all free. It's ad free. Um, but the workbook is really a guide to take you from point A, wherever you are right now and taking you to a place where you can discover your own wellness intelligence. And, and that's really what it's all about. Thanks, Lisa. And what is the website address? It's uh, theakiraconcept.com. Well, huge congratulations on your new workbook. I know you've been working really hard and I think you're both amazing. And I can't wait to get this information out and hopefully people will buy the workbook and understand. And like you said, it's it's not about the content. It's about understanding that these are actual ways that we can improve our health, our life, our mood, and being conscious about what we do every single day. So thank you to both of you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. And I appreciate you. Thank you for watching everyone. And if you enjoyed today's interview, please give us a big thumbs up and make sure that you turn on your notifications so that you are alerted every single time we have a new Morpheus video. And please share this video because the more you share shows you care and we can all live a healthier lifestyle. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.